There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, I'm Tyler. And I'm KC. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's another warm day here in Texas in late June. KC and I have been doing some pretty cool stuff lately, actually. And uh, now we're back, just chilling at your house here. I'm looking at the mule deer. <laughs> I like that mule deer, dude. He's cool. He is cool. He'll probably have a permanent place in my house, yeah. I imagine. My dad, my granddad shot that in 1989. Uh, is that the year you were born? 88. That's right. Yeah, I always forget we were born in the same year, but yeah. you're like... I'm a December a kid. A lot older than me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, no. So, so you're getting cool. a new mount, though, soon, I think. Uh, if we think. I don't know. Oh, it just depends on if the right cape gets put on it or not. <laughs> <That's> Who knows? <right. laughs> depends on how many, uh, you know, Mountain Dew Kickstarts they have at the <laughs> convenience store that day on how much gets done. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to probably both get some new mounts pretty soon, I think, right? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, – mine's ready from what I understand, but we we're going to go down there and pick them up together yeah. just for fun. Um, Funsies. But, yeah, so – um, with that, hopefully we're going to get some new mounts next year uh, coming up here in a few months. We've been doing a lot of, lot of different uh, looking around on different maps, and we've been doing, um, you know, some exciting preparation. We've got uh, South Dakota tags are supposed to be coming in soon. We've been getting some tags in the mail. I've got yeah. We got tags in the mail. We've got the e-tag pretty much for South Dakota. Right. Like uh, South Dakota doesn't give you the option to tag your animal electronically, but it shows what your permissions are. So mm-hmm. we're good. Yeah. We just need the piece of paper. Yeah. So once that comes in, we'll feel a little bit better, but we've been scouting it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, lately, you've been looking at different different uh, parts of the country, but we have done a lot of scouting in South Dakota. And, oh, yeah. Uh, that's going to be an awesome hunt. We're going to have the whole element crew, which this year is five deep. Um, 
with HTH, our buddy Chris and Eric Gentry. Uh, and then we're going to have um, Chad Rice from Cruiser, old Chadrick mm-hmm. from Cruiser Saddles. And he's going to be on that trip with us too. And that's going to be – I'm really excited because Chad's just a good dude, easygoing. Uh, I think he's a hunter, man. But, like, he also is kind of like, y'all just kind of let me know where y'all want to go and then – We'll we'll make it happen. Oh, We're gonna yeah, kill dude. deer, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> you know what's cool about Chad too, uh, among many other things, is that he's got a uh, you know a saddle business. You know they make tree saddles at Cruiser and platforms and all this stuff. But he's like, yeah, man, hunt from the ground, whatever. You know, it's not like Let's he's, go kill big deer. Yeah, he's not like trying to like push the product. Yeah. you know, and that's what's cool. It's nice yeah. to work with people who, and not that we don't in else other parts too, but it's nice mm-hmm. to work with people who have you know integrity and just. Or hunters first and yeah. happen to have a business that they're trying to, uh, you know, kind of better their community mm-hmm. with. And that's something that Chad's talked to us a lot about, yeah. how he hires, you know, p- local people to do stuff. It's all made in America. And, uh, yeah, he just kind of has a, has a passion for that mm-hmm. and to help people out. So. Not that being a salesman makes your product not good, but when your product is good, a lot of times it speaks for, your, for itself, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe he's not having to do that. Uh, old pitchy stuff too much because he's uh, he's uh, apparently been kicking out the saddles and we've got four currently that we own and they're pretty comfy. <laughs> so I'm pretty. I've been. Uh, I've, I was trying to. I had some pigs coming in and we were going to go do the pig thing um, before we went on vacation and uh, um, you know hunt them out of saddles or whatever there on my property and just been gone. So. Mm. Haven't been able to keep yeah. corn consistent. Next week is going to be a cooler week, so I think we might have mm. a little bit of a better chance for that. But yeah. uh, with South Dakota in mind, sorry, y'all, if we hammer South Dakota, but it's just so much fun. It is fun, man. Don't go there because it's terrible hunting, but it's so much fun. I mean, we killed a little deer there. Yeah, actually, it's just a little deer, around. That's all there is. So, uh, but anyways, um, it's a agriculture-heavy state. Yeah. And last year on our hunt, agriculture – kind of was what we lived and died by when it came to having shot opportunities that's early i mean it's early season yeah. like you kind of yeah you kind of got to know man mm-hmm. you know october one you got to know what they're eating pretty yeah. much you and know? uh last year alfalfa was the ticket and i know that um depending on where you're at you <clears> might have <throat> corn or whatever but uh onyx actually released a new feature recently that even if uh we didn't work with him i'd tell you about because <laughs> it is cool it man is cool. i texted tyler i think at like 11 30 at night last night or sometime i don't know 11 we, 40 we were, we were he was like i'm surprised you yeah and then i was asleep to not get that one until this morning so you guys <laughs> you remember the last thought on my mind All right. man. <laughs> but uh they somehow i think uh they just told all their employees to drive around all summer mm-hmm. long and take pictures of crop fields. Mm-hmm. But somehow, some way, they have layered all the 2020 data for crop rotation or crops that fields were in. So literally now, you can go on Onyx, turn the crop in something. I don't remember what they call it, but it's, it's, it's going to be in your map layers library. You can go turn that on, and you can go like crop by crop so it's not just turn the whole thing on you can turn on the corn you can turn on the the soybeans you can turn on the hard beans you can turn on wheat milo Mm -hmm. uh sorghum and milo actually sorghum is what it is but that's yeah right Um, 
and you can turn on hey what's the word there's millet you can turn on really? millet so for, for waterfowl hunters, hunters yeah. yeah that's cool and rice rice you yep. can turn on all this different stuff that's and, pretty neat which the rice thing would have been helpful last year when we did some illinois map scout challenge stuff because we went in uh to an area that was all rice and we didn't realize that that was what the crop fields were you in remember illinois? that yeah. We saw rice in Illinois. Yeah. And this is completely not in my mind. Remember we found that dead that shad that was still alive and that had been the That's Mississippi right. had I forgot. brought him in or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So Yeah, I forgot that there's rice that far north. Yeah. But yeah, that for sure. So Anyways, um, that's helpful for the non-rotating crops, like probably rice mm-hmm. or alfalfa doesn't rotate because it's uh, usually just uh, regrow from the past, previous year off the same roots. Yeah. But, you know, for you guys that are in the Midwest hunting corn and beans, like it's the 2020 stuff. Yeah. So but whatever, you might be able to assume if it rotates every year what yeah, it is. You know? that's, what, that's what their their point is. Right. Yeah, is that this year, you know, it's going to be opposite of that most mm-hmm. likely. Mm-hmm. So. Pretty slick stuff. They've also got some other cool stuff out. Yeah. Um, that, that 3D layer on uh, the online is a lot better than it used to be. But yeah. uh, the radius, yeah, that's the that's the other cool one that uh, Jared sent us an email about the new stuff the other day, and he like kind of casually mentioned that one. I was like, it's kind of a big deal, dude. Yeah. So now you go to a pin <clears throat> that you already have set, and you can actually adjust a colored radius to go out from that pin. So you can use it like say. You want to say my max range on whitetail that I would ever take a shot at is 35 yards. You can take that a pin, drop it on a tree, and do a 35 yard radius and see where all your shots can get to from right. there. Or you can go a lot bigger than that, right? Yeah. So yeah, so you could you could uh, drop a pin in the middle of a track of public um, and go. Okay, there's three different ways to get in this place: access, parking lots, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know which one's the closest, or you know, do these all are these all inside of a half mile? Which I don't really would be hunting within a half mile because I don't feel like there's going to be big deer there, or whatever. You know, your preferences mm-hmm. are. There's a lot of different ways to use it. So yeah. Onyx is doing some cool stuff. Um, if you don't have it, you can check it out. We got a link in most of our videos. I think that yeah. uh, you can go through and. Um, so if you're on YouTube or whatever, you can check out, uh, our description and there'll be Onyx link that if you, you can go through. And what's cool is that, uh, even if you don't want to pay for Onyx. I believe we like, have a description in the notes too. Sorry to cut should. you off. We should. In this podcast. Yeah. If not, I'll change that, but there should yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even if you don't want to pay for Onyx, you can go in and, uh, do a couple of things. Surely if you listen to us talk about it this long, you'll probably, you probably already <laughs> have it. But if you, if you don't, uh, you get a, a free trial to use all the stuff and then you can just use the free one and still use stuff like that radius tool. Mm-hmm. That'll still be there. Yeah. And, you know, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. So with that though, we are going to talk a little bit about, um, what we've been doing lately and you know, the time of year right now is kind of like, uh, it's actually kind of getting more exciting. Um, I've been busy enough that June has flown by and, um, you know, it's really like deer starting to show pretty good. Dude, We've got, you know, deer going to show up on trail camera now pretty good as either being good bucks or mature bucks or, or not. And then, you know, we've been doing the gardening thing and it's finally the fruits are starting to manifest <laughs> yeah. uh, on our, on our uh, gardening adventure here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good time of year. We've been, we actually are doing a research 
project, a scientific experiment uh, right now between a couple of our Moultrie cameras that have been sent to us, the black flash versus the red flash, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the invisible, uh, or some people would call it invisible flash, Yeah, and then the the flash that turns red or whatever. Unless you can see infrared. Unless you can see infrared. (laughs) Then we can real wild. Can deer see that? I don't know. know. So we're (laughs) going to see. We're going to see if uh, we've got two cameras out on some corn. And well, it used to be corn. Yeah, it's not there I drove anymore. back there uh, yesterday. There's a big hole in the ground. Really? So Smoked I'm interested it. to see who shows up on that camera. Might be some round black things yeah, on there. Yeah, it definitely probably will be. That If that's the case, I'm going to be putting out a little bit more corn and see if we can yeah. double our interests over here. So Make, that, some, so that, make some bacon. That's right, right dude. No kidding. <laughs> oh! If they were fat, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, we had BLTs today off of garden uh, tomatoes, yeah. Cherokee purples. And I'm like, man, the thing that I don't have out of this whole system is like a good way to acquire bacon. Bacon's yeah. expensive. It so, is. Uh, it's so tasty. I need to fa- find like a real fat wild pig and shoot that one. Well, yeah. So I can make some bacon. Honestly, the time that we really do a lot of the pig hunting is a pretty good time of year for fat pigs. It is. It is. And we need to... Well, last year I shot all small ones. Yeah. If I shot a big sow again, I was going to make some more back. Because I made a little bit two yeah. years ago. It was like a pound or something. But, yeah. like, it'd be nice to make, like, 15 pounds of bacon. Dude. Two years ago when Brian was here, that there were some bacon yes. pigs in there. Yeah, and we left the bacon laying there. Yeah, because I know. We're just Didn't trying think to about it. go fast. Yeah. yeah. But anyways. But yeah, that was, I mean, and so anyway, we're going to be doing, we're going to be showing you the results of this research project to see if deer are really paying attention to the red flash or not, mm-hmm. if there's any discrepancy there and what other things that we find in that. So we've been uh, employing the Moultrie cams there. And we've got Moultrie cell cameras coming too, so we're pretty excited about that. Tuesday. We're going to run through those and check them out. <laughs> it's a pretty good, so the supposedly... They're supposed to be bad at the bone. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you guys that they are yet because we have not yeah. used the Deltas. They're brand spickety new, right? Yeah. They just did a firmware update, I believe. Yeah, that's so. why he's been holding off on sending them to us because yeah. they wanted to send us like the, the polished version. Yep. So uh, we should get those next week and play with them. And probably shortly thereafter, we'll uh, possibly even have a podcast to talk about how to set up and use all the features because their app is wild like yeah, it's like a lot you everything do. you need to know or want to mess with in the deer hunting world on mm-hmm. the app so mm-hmm. it's pretty, pretty pretty slick yeah but yeah i'm actually interested to go pull this uh not only for the research project but just to see because yeah it's gonna be my first card pool on my property and, <laughs> yeah you know since deer started putting hard horn on i haven't seen any bucks on the property yeah this year but you know at nighttime things go crazy they do we're gonna we're gonna check it out here in just a little bit i put out some cams uh for security purposes before we went on vacation and uh no one visited my house the whole time we were gone so that was nice yeah but i did have a couple dogs in the middle of the night they're always trying to steal my stuff they need some i don't keep the cleanest back porch like there's stuff laying around I use my area. Mm -hmm. This is how it goes, especially when you're a gardener. And these daggum dogs are always coming over just grabbing something and running off with it. Mm. Driving me nuts. They need like a... They need some kind of trap that makes a loud noise whenever they... (laughs) Like, whenever they come into your porch and Mm -hmm. they step on it, it's just... Scares the mess out <laughs> or, of Or, you know, people have those fences to keep dogs in that are electronic. Like, yeah. you know, you need to do a reverse of that. It's just like a, a dog force field. Yeah. You keep yeah. them out of my yard. The force, bro. <laughs> the force. Um, yeah, so 
Um, you had a, a couple of Cherokee purples come off. Yeah. Um, I had a pink brandy wine. How was that? It was good. I've grown those before. It was really good. Yeah. I have a giant plant, mm-hmm. and there has only been two fruits on it. Yeah. I guess the flowers are just not pollinating very well. Brandy wines aren't heavy producers. Yeah. They, well, their fruit gets real big. I mean, There's been a lot of gonna, flowers. They're going to average over a pound, I think. Yeah. But Oh, it was it was massive. Yeah. yeah. Was cat-faced or just a big... Not really. Plant? That's good. No, it was just a big, pretty tomato. I used to think the... cat-faced tomatoes are cool, and then when you start cutting them, yeah. you realize like there's a bunch of like trash and wasted stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, it's all like the stem, essentially, yeah. up in there or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's like not the core. Good. Yeah. I, I've got a bunch of black crims that are... I, I mean, some of them should have already come off, but my chickens went nuts on them, so we fenced them out. And then uh, I ate a, I think it's an indigo rose. Oh. I ate one of those today. It was good. Yeah. I ate a quarter of it because everybody in my family wanted, and they're small, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. it was one bite. But uh, my sweet 100s are going nuts. And eat that's one of those what, tropical sunsets over there I'm on air. I'm right on, to, on air, on. huh? On. Yeah. You think? I, I've, I've got tropical sunsets coming off. Yeah. You can eat the top of it too. Man, it's so pretty. It is. They're a cool tomato. They're yeah. like a yellow tomato, but there's like some red blush on them. So, mm. mm-hmm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly acidic, but not a lot of yep. sweetness. Yep. So, I kind of like acidic though. I think it's a good salad tomato, and probably not a uh, just slicer, which they're tiny. They're mm-hmm. uh, what would you call that? A grape tomato? Yeah, probably. Yeah, or maybe. cherry. No, yeah. cherry's probably cherry's smaller. smaller. Right? Yeah. yeah. They're like a golf ball size or a little less. Yeah, ping pong um, ball. But they're going to be heavy producers. I mean, mm. there's a bunch of them out there. Mm. So I like it. I like yeah. an acidic tomato. Um, uh, I've got um, some different kinds coming up. Mine all got mislabeled and stuff during the freeze and everything. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I'll just ha- I'll have a better – have, like, all my stuff there this mm-hmm. next year. And, like, I have a better system. I just didn't have anything to lay with. I was living out of RV, you know, and so. I need but, to make signs next year on the road. That's what I want to do. I, I can go do it right now. I just haven't because uh, there's a lot of other stuff that kind of takes precedence over just going out and making signs. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it, it shouldn't, but yeah. like uh, I have it all written out. I have I I, I draw a map of my garden mm-hmm. every year, uh, and uh, so I know where things are, but I don't have it designated out there. But I tried to arrange it in a way to where, uh, like, I could tell what everything is. Because one thing I've got going is every type of tomato I have, pretty much, except for yellow pear and yellow bell, um, like, there's no confusing it with another type. Mm-hmm. So I should be <clears throat> should be good yeah. on that. But uh, mine are all I don't like. Mine are all green right now, still, mm-hmm. other than the few I've mentioned. Did you plant a a green? tomato yeah which um, one but i don't know if, if they made it or what has actually yeah. made it through but uh i had a had the, the zebra green zebra or whatever uh-huh. and then um uh, a tie-dye berkeley green i think as well Ooh, that sounds like a bass bait i don't yeah for real <laughs> it's it looks good uh but yeah i don't i don't know what's going to come off on some of these plants i'm hoping my family back home is watering them like they're supposed to yeah but yeah i've been I've been uh, excited about the tomatoes. I know you have too. And, you know, another thing we do this time of year is we usually get to shooting pretty heavy. And um, we've we've hopefully got new bows coming. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? We, we have been told that we have new bows that should be here any day. They haven't showed up yet, which I'm not surprised. But um, 
once we get those in, we're really going to get after it and start just dialing things in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've kind of held Isaac off on the, the vectors um, just because I want to make sure I want to. I think I want to extend my draw length a little bit, but I need a new bow to to uh, check that whole deal mm-hmm. out. So anyway, um, once those come in, I'm going to, you know, see if that's where my draw needs to be, and then I'm going to get some arrows from, from him, from Vector. I hope you shoot a 30, dude. It would be, you, I mean, I probably could. I don't know. Uh, if I was you a half inch taller the other day when I measured than I was in college. Apparently. That's wild. Yeah. I don't know if that's because – I don't know. I feel like that uh, my coaches or whatever, my weight coaches, didn't want me to be, you know, like – tall and big and strong you know as a db who knows it might be like a a thing where there's a sweet spot on the uh the depth chart that mm-hmm. they send out to people like you don't want a guy looking six six out there because they're gonna he's gonna get picked on because six six people usually aren't very fast yeah you know yep. so unless Maybe. if they are they usually play the nba and <laughs> there's not, not many you know six one and a half inch safeties out there mm-hmm. i mean even in the nfl 215s yeah. or whatever um Especially, you know, I don't know. There's a few for sure, but <laughs> a lot of the guys, like I, we, you know, I, we had a guy come talk to us that played in the NFL. He's a corner at Utah, which my defensive uh, backs coach was at Utah and knew him and coached him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's a corner and he was six two. Whoa! But he did not weigh two fifteen. You know, like <laughs> yeah. he's he's a slender. Slim. He's a he's a he eats up ground with that mm-hmm. leg. That leg uh, reach, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, but anyway, anyways, we're so, so bad at divulging. Div- yeah, I, uh, I'll have to digress Not from that and divulge. talk more about uh, the arrows we're going to be shooting. Uh, I'm going to try to get – I think I'm going to try to shoot – it's still going to be, I, in my opinion, classified as like a heavy arrow. Mm. Uh, but I'm going to see if I, can, if I can bring that down a little bit. Also, I may not have to if I'm shooting – you know, 29 That's what I'm saying, or whatever. Dude, if you're shooting so. 29, 29 and a half, even 30, yeah. like 30 all, dude, I would just – I might even go get that surgery and extend my arms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it would be so cool because <laughs> – Is you, that called extends or what is that? Yeah, I think is so. There's like, yeah. there's advertisements on the Outdoor Channel for I've it. I've seen that, yeah. 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 Um, so, <laughs> uh, you gain like six to seven foot per second, like-ish. That's There's so many factors, right? But, like, that's kind of a rough estimate. By per inch, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if say you're shooting like two forty five last year or something like that, you could shoot the same arrow and kind of assume you'd be over two sixty, probably with two more inches. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, I mean, two sixty to two seventy is a really good spot to be because mm-hmm. arrows tune really good at that speed still, but um, you're not like going so slow that you're like that deer's gonna move before this gets there mm-hmm. you know like, yeah. <laughs> there's this feeling where like <laughs> sometimes if you're shooting too heavy an arrow and it's going going so slow that you could like shoot and then like bend out and look at it from the side <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, i'm just i'm mainly just trying to make sure that like if i shoot you know if i range at 30 and the deer ends up at 37 mm-hmm. that i still feel good about yeah you know, my arrow being not dropping, you know, four inches and seven yards or yeah, whatever. And I think you know? we're actually going to do some videos on this kind of with Isaac's help with Vector on uh, maybe there's a couple to be done there. And, and, and here's the deal. We're not like scientists, mm-hmm. right, or uh, like physics experts or whatever. So we like to try to 
do these experiments uh, like the common man would, mm-hmm. right? So I think the thing to do would be to shoot like three different arrow weights uh, at a known distance and then like something seven yards past that shooting it with the same pin. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You could shoot a four. So we, we've got like some 410 grain arrows probably laying around. Uh, shoot that in an appropriate spine and then do like 50 grain increments and see what the difference is and see how that compares and maybe it'll show the sweet spot. And then we're going to do a video that's just kind of the basic one of, you know, what are you actually losing <clears throat> drop-wise at 20 and 30 yards with an extra 100 grains? Mm-hmm. And it's not as much – I mean, it's not near as much as you think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's you know, inches, not feet. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we'll probably do some of those videos in the future. Yeah. But uh, I think that'll be a fun – experiment for you if we actually get to do it before deer season starts uh, <laughs> that'd be that's the, that's the hard part we gotta we gotta buckle down in july and, and get some bows and get some stuff done yeah here. we uh, do because the only bow i had in work in order <laughs> blew up on me live yeah. on instagram you got a uh um uh switchback or something out there in the barn don't you yeah yeah that's probably just as tuned as my helium <laughs> yeah probably so <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, so recently, though, we both traveled and uh, been doing some vacation and different stuff mm-hmm. lately, and fishing and stuff. You've been, you've been doing some pretty cool looking stuff. Uh, I don't know. It's okay. I haven't got to see any of your stuff, so I don't know how cool Mm-mm. it is. Mm-mm. But um, so you went to Cabo, Cabo San Lucas, Cabo San Lucas, right, and uh, San Jose de Cabo or whatever it is. That's where you fly into, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Think uh, have you been? No, but I've researched. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a pretty cool place yeah. to research for uh-huh. sure. <laughs> um and uh I went to the Texas coast, kind of mid Texas coast. I'm not gonna tell y'all where. Yeah. But um somewhere near Beaumont. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Between Beaumont and Brownsville. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um um, I went down there and did some family vacay stuff, but also fished quite a bit. Um I can tell you this. If you marry into a family, it's not always the worst thing for them to be the sleep-in type and you not. Because then you get like four hours to yourself in the mornings. And I did that a couple times. Um, I, uh, I'll, t- I'll talk about this and I'll talk about the actual fishing that was productive. But uh, the first morning, it was kind of a stormy morning. So I just kind of drove around and just kind of did some sightseeing and just... Had quiet time. Also edited a podcast that morning, so mm. that was a uh, you know uh, part of what I was doing and not fishing very much. Uh, but um, storms were blowing in. It was just cool to see. Like anytime you can get in a big flat spot and not have a lot of uh, things on the horizon, like and get to watch a big storm roll in with lightning and stuff, it's real cool. Mm-hmm. And so I got to do that that morning. Uh, the next morning, I got up early and actually went to the bay. And I uh, did some wade fishing. And, man, uh, I think I'm a little rusty. Because I ended up on fish, but I didn't make the right moves at the beginning. And I think when I used to live down there, I kind of had a pulse on what was going on. So I already kind of knew what to do. But instead, I just got on the map and just was like, okay, well, here's a um, canal. It's outgoing tide. Uh that connects you know this lake to the bay there's probably going to be fish in there and there was a ton of mullet but there wasn't anything hitting them and then kind of almost as i was going to leave 
I figured out that the fish were actually out in the lake. When I say lake, it's salt water, but that's kind of what they call them. Mm. Uh, uh, that were <clears throat> busting. It looked like, uh, well, I remember what it was because I, I snagged one. It was uh, menhaden, or you'd call them shad. They looked just like a little thread fin or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Um, and um, they're about an inch long, and they were just in these huge pods or shoals, I guess is what you'd call them with a bait fish. Um, and the fish were just hammering them. They'll just be, you'd see, and then just, you know, thousands of these things just mm, jump. Cool. So, and it was on a mud bottom. So I had a hard time getting out there to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just could not get the fish to hit a fly. And, uh, I don't know if you're one of those guys who's like, Oh, it's cause you're fly fishing. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I had a live bait or something, I could have done it, but, um, that's pretty hard to make happen when you're in a situation like that. And uh, I don't think if you're fishing with gulp or soft plastic, you'd have any more luck. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing about flies, I was able to, you know, keep it in the water column where the fish were most of the time, I think. But, man, I, I, I spent probably an hour trying to catch fish and couldn't catch them. And I had a redfish. I could have touched him with the tip of my rod. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever he came by, I uh, had a spoon fly on and drug that right in front of him. He didn't even care. Hmm. It's the same exact size as those little fishies, too, mm-hmm. man. And uh, saw a little stingray. I think that there were reds, trouts, and possibly ladyfish all in there mm-hmm. eating. And I, I, I almost want to say there wasn't ladyfish because I can't imagine not being able to catch a ladyfish. They are yeah. the easiest fish there are to catch. If they're around, you're going to catch one. Like yep. They're just very at least, willing. At least you'll hook it. Yes. They, yeah. They <laughs> it usually, might throw your bait. They, yeah, they usually rip their jaws off throwing your bait. Mm. If you haven't caught a ladyfish, it's a blast. Yeah, uh, it is. Go to South Padre with a fly rod and just catch ladyfish all day. It's the poor man's tarp. And the reason I say South Padre is because they get real big the further south you go. Mm. Um, they're actually, one of the common names for ladyfish is 10-pounder, um, which they hardly ever get to that. Yeah. But I have caught like a six-pounder before, and that's a wild ride. So I bet, They man. go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do, man. Yeah. They're cool. But uh, so that was my uh, bay fishing experiences. Um, we ate some really good seafood while we were down there mm. and also, uh, did a little crabbing. I caught a giant blue crab, the biggest one I've ever seen in my life. Really? Yeah. It was like rusty. It was so big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you keep it? Yeah. It's uh, we only caught two keepers, mm. but, uh, um, there's a lot of fresh water around mm-hmm. and, uh, I think it's not quite as good whenever it's that way, but I don't know. I'm not a crab expert. Um, That's what Jesse Griffiths told me. But we did the Jesse style where you rip the uh, carapace off or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like rip the big shell off. Dude, that's... That's the way to do it. It's easy. Yeah. That's, it's it's the way to go. Yeah. For sure. And, like, <clears throat> I feel as if that's harder to do whenever they're dead and boiled. So, mm-hmm. like, I always have a hard time eating crab because I always break them and it's, like, hard to get the stuff. But, like, that way, the meat's just right there. Yeah. Woo! I know, dude. <laughs> uh, but, uh... Anyways, um, where I had the most success was on the surf fishing. Um, and this is one of those deals where if it was like you and me or someone else who is there to fish, we could have caught a lot of fish. Uh, but I'm really um, trying to manage family and, of course, hang out with my family too because it's a family mm-hmm. vacation, you know, and hang out with my boy and stuff and my wife. Um but also try to get some fishing done. Cause this is the thing people don't quite get 
is that it takes quite a bit of work to get surf rods out and get bait together and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And people are like, okay, okay, so you're not hanging out with us. But then when you pull in a five foot black tip, everybody's like, oh, this is awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and they get it, you know. So that happened on the first day. Um, my father in law and my brother in law fished some too, but they were just fishing, like just casting, you know, in first gut or whatever. And uh, they, they caught some, uh, croaker and some hardheads but uh i ended up catching a pretty good black tip on uh a surf casted rod on cut mullet which was fun mm-hmm. a good size shark stone was asleep for it so he didn't even get to God see it. it i know it. <laughs> but it's fine Cassie nearly got bit by it because she was just not thinking she mm. like here's the deal sharks out of the water uh don't really I don't think they can see very good, so they don't really know like what they're biting at or whatever. But they like they kind of flounce around and bite. That's mm-hmm. what they do. And it was being very calm at the moment, so she like walk <clears throat> tries to walk right in front of it, like four inches from its nose in flip flops. Like Cassie, listen, <laughs> black tips never bite people. Okay, in the water. I don't want to become you to become the statistic of like a shark attack <laughs> from a black tip. Okay, because you were just too close to its mouth. Mm-hmm. So, we had to go through that learning experience. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's fun. And that's all we caught that day. It was kind of, uh, we decided to kind of turn in a little bit early because we were, I was going to go back and cook fajitas that night. So, mm-hmm. uh, didn't have a lot of time. And then the next day, went back to the surf. And uh, I had, <clears throat> that that was the morning that I went to the bay. Mm-hmm. So, I had um, caught mullet and throw same. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what mullet is. It's like a, uh, there's no freshwater fish to really describe it to unless you're from the north, but it's kind of like a mountain whitefish or something. It kind of looks like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like a long, skinny, chubby looking, chubby bait. It looks like a cigar, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. how it's built, mm-hmm. uh, like a Zara spook as yeah. a mullet. Uh-huh. Um, and they get huge, yeah. like up to like four or five pounds, giant. But um, most of the time when you catch them in the throw scene, they're kind of cigar size they're six or seven inches long mm. uh and i caught some finger mullet which is really good bait too they're like three or four inches long uh you can see why they call it finger mullet mm-hmm. i caught some of those that were you know cuttables and then i caught one that was like a two pounder so i had bait for that day so as soon as we got there i got rods out and uh dude as soon as i got the third rod out first rod went off and um i uh reeled that in it was probably I didn't measure them, but both the redfish I caught were probably that 40-inch range or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I reeled that in, pretty good fight, um, and then had another one hit, and I was trying to get my brother-in-law on it, uh, tighten the drag down. This is my fault. Um, too hard, and ended up breaking the line on mm-hmm. that one. Um, and then had another hit, lost that fish, and then later in the day had another hit that I ended up catching the fish that was uh, another big bull red. So... Caught two redfish. Didn't the whole trip we never caught one fish that was an eater. So mm. <laughs> caught a bunch of fish and nothing. Yeah, well, the croaker you could have eaten, but like you never know when you're gonna get your next croaker. So did it's you catch like croaker? Chance did. On yeah. rod? Mm-hmm. On surf rod? No, on well, uh like just bait casters in the In the surf though? In the surf, yeah. On what, finger mullet? Uh no, on fish bites. Oh. Little I don't, if y'all don't know what fish bites are, they're like little leather. If you've ever seen fruit leather, it's what it looks like. But yeah. It'll be all kinds of different colors and different flavors. I use the <clears throat> pink shrimp fish bites, and they're pretty bad at the bone. You, you were trying to, to catch croaker? Uh, I was trying to catch whiting, honestly. Uh, 
Uh, because for eating both. Eating. Yeah. My whiting is it's just like a like a bluegill. Like it's good for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're good to eat. They're good for bait. They're good for it all. So, and we never caught one whiting a whole trip. What's the difference in a whiting and a croaker? Um, not a lot, mm-hmm. but they are different species. So a whiting is actually a Gulf kingfish. Uh, <clears throat> and then there's a northern kingfish, which is also a whiting. You can catch both in Texas. Hmm. Uh, the northern kingfish are the ones with the kind of striped up colors. And then the uh, uh, Gulf kingfish is a uh, just kind of looks just like a redfish with funky eyes. Mm-hmm. And then a croaker is a little bit more round. What's wild is that, <clears throat> dude, on the Texas coast... Everything you're catching except a flounder is a croaker. Redfish, black drum, trout, so speckled trout, sand trout, those are two different types. They're also in the same family. And there's croakers, gulf kingfish, northern kingfish. They're all croakers. Really? Yeah. So, hmm. I mean, they're, they're, I'm sure there's some stuff that I'm not listing that you're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's wild how that family or genus or whatever it is is just so prolific and like has that area you know like god mm. made him to just work good there you yeah. know what i mean yeah that's kind of cool, cool man yeah so yeah. what how does a how does a croaker and a whiting taste different um i don't know for sure i yeah. don't know if you could tell them apart yeah. whenever you ate them uh i so why do you say you're trying to catch whiting because that's just what i figured would be around oh um I didn't expect to catch croaker, and I think you only caught one croaker in the surf. We caught more of those from the house. Uh, we were on the canal, so we were fishing mm-hmm. the canal at night. Uh, what was wild? I caught a croaker in a, a crab net. So it's not like crab pot, but it's those that lay down flat on the on the bottom. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? And uh, we're sitting there on the pier, and I hear, you know, they make a noise, mm-hmm. and I hear it, and it's down in the water. I pulled my net up and he's stuck in the net. He's eating it. He was eating a chicken neck and got stuck in the net. Oh man, <laughs> it was cool. That is cool. Yeah, and it's a good size croaker. Um, I wish that we would have been keeping them because I think we ended up catching five or six. Uh, not all were eater size. So croaker used to be super prolific, and I think uh, some between like freezes and fish, fishing pressure through the seventies, like they they're they don't have as many as they used to. Hmm. Uh, I think it's. Partially because um, a lot of the global warming, re- yeah, a lot of the global warming, a lot of the re- <laughs> yeah, those freezes are hard on the global warming. Did you know people try to? Yes, I do. They try to say the freezes are part of global yes. warming. It's like, <clears throat> do you know what you're saying? Just, <laughs> but, people are just making up anything yeah. to go with it. I, I, and this, <clears throat> I'm not trying to rail on T- TPWD. We do that enough, anyways. But um, <laughs> I, I think. Uh, that um, a lot of the restocking efforts for many years have has been towards like the game fish, yeah. like you know the big three is trout, <laughs> flounder, reds, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that now they actually are doing some restocking with the croakers. There used to be a croaker run, like Up I think the it was in, I think it was in May. I don't know if it's rivers or what, but um, they they would just spawn kind of like bluegill or whatever but their their <clears throat> immersions not immersion what's it called whenever the like gardu where they just you oh know, just send um, out there. yeah what is it called dispersed uh, di- spawning yeah or something. something like that yeah dispersion yeah but uh that's how croaker spawn so you just go and sack them up kind of like you do crappie and the old timers used to talk about you know just filling up five gallon buckets full of croaker and mm. just eating like kings mm. Be nice, but uh, yeah. didn't happen. Um, I also was going to make some ceviche while we were down there. If I caught some whiting, they were good for that as well. So, um, 
it's weird how fish on the coast, and this varies even more when you start getting into offshore species, but the meat is also different between fish and even species like trout versus croaker that are all kind of in that same mm-hmm. vein, like um, sand trout. If you don't know what that is, you probably have seen a speckled trout. A sand trout just doesn't have dots and doesn't get quite as big. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have the two vampire teeth. Um <laughs> Literally, you take that thing out of the water. Decomposing. And, oh, yes. Yeah. It's wild. Mm-hmm. As soon as they die, they just turn to mush. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't hardly eat them. You can't use them for bait or nothing. It's weird, man. Mm-hmm. Ladyfish are that way, too. Mm-hmm. Speckled trout a little bit better at it, but like a whiting has a pretty firm flesh and is real good for ceviche because mm-hmm. they're small. So, they usually most small fish are mild in flavor, which is what kind of what you want for a ceviche fish mm-hmm. anyways. Um and, uh, yeah, they're just good, man. But mm. I didn't catch any of them. So, and I didn't catch any redfish that were in the slot. No, I, no, no tiny redfish, all just bulls. That's all I call them. Big, biggins. Big old, but it's big fun. Headed. I love them, dude. They're freaking cool. Uh, circle hooks are just where it's at. I, <laughs> I yeah. love, dude, you just pull one in, it's just, just hooking inside of his mouth. It's like, <laughs> man, that's cool. But, Outdoor uh, fishing TV. That's it. Right there in the corner of the mouth. That's where it, it, that's, a, like, that's the thing <laughs> to say, it, man. If you got nothing else it. to say, you talk about getting them in the corner of the mouth. <laughs> well, you know, that there's not as much strategy involved whenever you just throw a piece of live bait out there. Don't. You know, it's kind of like uh, <laughs> in the hunting world when, when people are uh, sitting a Sendero that got just got corned, you know, and it's like, oh, man, right behind the shoulder is a good shot, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. I, I mean, I just, I just couldn't be happier with this deer, you know. <laughs> It's like it's hard to do something else, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, it's so funny now. I, I never really paid much attention to it, but now that you've said that several times around me, I saw one with him the other day, and mm-hmm. I was like, yep, yeah. that's exactly what he just said. <laughs> well, well, we'll just say it. Well, who we're talking about is Bill Jordan, who's, uh, you know, a pioneer in the industry, whatever you want to say. But uh, Bill's killed so many deer that he is out of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't, you know. Man, would you look at that deer? Yeah, he's like, I've killed deer on the one-eighth inch increments from this deer above and below. So like, I don't have a lot to say here, For but that's real. okay. Uh, it's cool. Yeah. Anyway, but that's my Texas experience. Cool. Um, I think that we should go down there again and go on a meat haul. I think I'm do, going down there. Yeah, you are. Are you going to fish some? You want to come? Y'all gonna, yeah, but I can't. Um, y'all are uh, going to go on a guided trip right yeah i think so i hadn't talked to that dude in like three months but i think we're supposed to did you tell him that this is the week or whatever no i'm gonna text him sometime soon. Him yeah <laughs> probably text him today or tomorrow that's good um yeah we're supposed to last year we went with them we limited on flounder before noon so oh man pretty good i would um, love to do that I'd, i love to do hey, it uh he's a fly guy too isn't he Wasn't is he? he i think so i think I he'd know. be open to that yeah <laughs> let me tell you something there is not a fish in my opinion, that is more apt to take a fly than a flounder. Really? Yes. Because you use a a fly that's just weighted by the hook. And flounder, since they sit on the bottom, they're actually really hard to catch on soft plastics because most of the soft plastics you use in the salt water have a jig head on them, and it goes to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, a fly suspends. They want something over the top of them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Let me tell you something, too. You'd be surprised how explosive a flounder can get jumping out of the water oh i know have you seen them jump out of the water like to eat something not to eat but after being hooked oh they go nuts yeah but if you can catch like 
flounder hitting a bait ball, and they'll do this, dude. Flounder are the coolest fish. <laughs> like they they'll they'll school. Like there'll be thirty flounder hitting this bait ball, mm. and then all of a sudden you'll just see a two foot long flounder fly through the air like five foot out of the water, and you're like, "What was that?" <laughs> you know, it's wild, yeah. man. And it just looks like a dinner plate. It does. It looks like it was designed to be on a dinner plate. <laughs> they are designed to eat. Oh, they're so they are cool, man. Yeah, we caught a bunch of them, and it was interesting. He the way he filleted them was pretty interesting, man. Like had, in the four fillets. Yeah, but it yeah. was like he did. He had some kind of like cross-cut method thing that he did it was it was weird i couldn't figure it out while i watched him do it mm-hmm. but i was also trying to keep the pelicans from eating all of our flounder as well because they're all laid out Them right stupid there pelicans make me mad dude they were all over the dog they were right behind us i'm like get out of here yeah. i'm not losing a flounder yeah, i saw clowns. a uh... <sighs> <laughs> first of all where were we at the other day where there was like a sign that was like a don't feed the wildlife sign that said something real dumb do you Probably remember illinois it was probably There's usually dumb signs in Do Illinois. Do you remember that, though? You remember that being a thing? I was like, look at this. I can't remember what it was. Sorry I mentioned it. But in Texas, I took a picture of it. I'll look it up here in a second. In Texas, um, you know, a lot of your uh, tax dollars, license sales, whatever you want to call them, are spent towards uh, what are public outreach stuff. So take a kid fishing and all this stuff, you know. And there's a whole bunch of – there's other, these other campaigns that they run or just like – informational signs like signage that you see at boat ramps and stuff tpwd is putting that stuff out to kind of inform people well there's a new one out that's mm-hmm. uh don't feed the pelicans oh. you're not supposed to give them your fish carcasses and i understand the logic behind it because yeah. pelicans are made to eat whole fish not bony things sticking out however it's the pelican's own dumb fault. It's because the pelican's fault. Where else am I going to put that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not my fault that he comes to the fish yeah. cleaning table. Nobody wants that in their trash can. <laughs> no. Okay, so yes. yeah, we're going to throw it in the water, and it's going to either get eaten by pelicans or it's going to decompose. Yeah. Well, yeah. what are you supposed to do? But anyways, <laughs> when I was a little kid, we uh, so my first trip to the coast I was nine, and I was uh, I was a lot like your son. I I. I Kind of liked nature stuff. I, I kind of liked like all that. I like to be to know stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I like knowledge. I like learning, and um, I also am somewhat of a know-it-all and have been for a long time. <laughs> so uh, we were on the jetty, or I'm sorry, on the ferry that goes into Port Aransas. Yeah, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, <laughs> East Texas kid. Mm-hmm. All I've ever seen is white pelicans. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, there's a brown pelican. I'm like, look at that. <laughs> I remember saying it, too. My family still makes fun of me. I said, there's a rarely seen brown pelican. <laughs> rarely seen. <laughs> if you've ever been to the coast, you know. <laughs> and then we proceeded to see thousands for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> rarely oh, seen brown pelican. My dad will still pull that out from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine Butch saying that, dude. He needs to be back on the podcast. Yeah. This, this summer, we got to make it happen. Oh, we should. Um, the... Louisiana State Bird is a brown pelican, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think that's right. they're it's, rarely seen. It's on their license plate or something. Isn't that their name of the basketball team now, too? It might be. Pelicans. New Orleans Pelicans, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, but they they're white, the... aren't they? Hold on. No, nah, I don't Let me know. look up this logo. Fred Scott, I can guarantee you somebody from the NBA didn't know what they was doing, <laughs> no matter what. But Oh, yeah, pelican. Uh, Let me draw that. <laughs> for real. <laughs> um, but, 
Anyways, um, you were trying to tell us about your Galveston trip coming up, but I mm-hmm. derailed it with Pelican Talk. Oh, I don't have any idea what's going to happen. Yeah. You going to eat shrimp? Um, definitely. Yeah. My my parents will make that happen for Are sure. So what do y'all do when you go down there? Do y'all cook a bunch? Do y'all go out or what? Um, yeah, we're all, like every family's going to take a, going to take a, uh, night to cook. Hmm. What's, uh, C&J going to cook? I think they're going to cook air. <laughs> Maybe hamburgers or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I mean, can can Chris touch an onion? He he claims he's eaten one. I've seen before. him eat one, but it was when he didn't have any taste with COVID. Oh so. yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what they're gonna cook. I'm at the point where like we. Uh, I mean, one of them doesn't like bacon. Mm-hmm. One of them doesn't like shrimp. One of them doesn't like onions one of them i mean like and so it's uh it's to the point where like i just got to cook something and if you don't like it you know y'all can buy some ravioli or something yeah so but they i mean they they usually will find a way to pick around and make a meal out of whatever so but we're Mm -hmm. we're gonna cook a lot of seafood while we're down there good but by the way the new ones pelicans are white pelicans are they really yeah what a shame who knows if you're from Louisiana? Let us know if that That's makes a white sense. Pelican head. At least the pelican head is white. So. Well, their heads are are a little bit That's white. That's true. It might not be because you can't really see the body. It's behind a basketball. Do they have wings or arms? What color? It's are just those? a head that comes over the top of a basketball, and the beak pecks down. Mm. I'll tell you something. You remember the Jumanji pelicans? Them things were scary. Oh, they were like six foot tall. Yeah, aren't they? and they were like, man, they would try to mess you up. <laughs> I did not like that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Do you remember? <clears throat> we were fishing one time, and I found what I thought was a paddlefish bill, and it ended up being a pelican <laughs> bill. <laughs> big disappointment there. Yeah, big disappointment. That's right. So, still cool. Um, you're a vacation master. Mm. You just mm. came off of another vacation. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a, technically it's our 10-year anniversary trip. That's cool. Um, just because we didn't get to do that last year, yeah. really. We were supposed to go to Jerusalem. Yeah, I remember and, you saying uh, that. The the COVID stuff is canceled. So what that, did you do? So. We went to Cabo. Cabo. Cabo San Lucas. How was it, man? It was it was awesome, man. I mean, yeah. honestly, everything about it was great. Well, everything about it was top top notch, except the fishing. Really? Yep. The fishing was not very good. You, you want to see me cry? No. <laughs> Are you serious? No. It, I mean, I'm not crying or nothing. And I'll go back. I'm sure yeah. if I can find a way to do it a little bit cheaper than that probably but um it was just uh it was awesome the food i ate so much food that like i i don't know i was it was like i was almost full all day long just like uncomfortably full all day long dude it was because we stayed in a a, um a resort that was like a uh, all inclusive or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, so you can get food or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, as much as you want. Um, but then we also went to a restaurant that old Jesse Griffiths had told me about that was really incredible. Yes. Hmm. And um, then, what, where else? We ate somewhere else. Anyway, one of the places, the resort, like usually those all inclusives, like if you were to go into like Cancun or something, you know, mm-hmm. like. The food's just whatever, you know. Yeah. And I, this is another thing about the experience I was very, very thrilled about is I didn't eat one thing that was like <clears throat> Americanized or 
that wasn't like yeah. pretty legit Mexican food. That's cool. Like it was like all the food, like I think you might've mentioned this when I was talking to you earlier, but like all the food was pretty much, it was pretty whole food type, you mm-hmm. know, deal. And, uh, tons of seafood. I ate seafood every chance I got, you know, but one of the restaurants on the, on the resort was, uh, they had like different, it was a kind of a sushi place. They had, uh, a yellowtail sashimi mm. serenito that was like a ser- serrano peppers on the sh- sashimi. Mm. Mm. It was the best thing I've had at a sushi place. Probably that sounds so good. It was it was really good. And uh, anyway, we just really enjoyed it, man. But um, the fishing was tough, dude. I mean, so why y'all did catch something though, right? Yeah, I I didn't. You ever caught a fish? I, I was. So happens when you lose a coin flip. Mm. We went with HTH and his wife. Uh-huh. Uh, mainly, I mean, not that I didn't enjoy their company, but mainly because we needed somebody to split the charter cost. Mm-hmm. We were going to go out. Because that, that was a reason. We were going to go to the Bahamas originally, and we decided, I started looking into it. I was like, man, June is not a good month in the Bahamas. And so started looking into Cabo, and I find some pretty good reports for June up front. And so I'm like, okay. This looks good. So we start planning it. We talked to a travel agent that goes to my church, and she hooked us up with you know some good deals and everything. She did a really awesome job just lining everything out. So we get to Cabo, and like I follow this uh, fishing charter that we decided to go with on Instagram. And like May was on fire, dude. They were catching Dorado like crazy. They were catching tons of stripes, uh, striped marlin, and they were catching... Um, bunch of tuna but a lot of striped marlin like there was boats that were catching 12 striped marlin in a day i mean and like it they would report multiple boats that catching like five six seven ten striped marlin in a day you know and it was like on fire drado were going nuts and then i listened to an old podcast from like 2017 that i found doing some research <laughs> and they were like these dudes like were in cabo doing their doing the uh uh, podcasts and they had just had like one of the most epic days dude caught 30 dorado on a fly rod mm. and released you know a lot of them you can only keep two i think and so they were just slaying the dorado and uh and this was late june and i was like oh, this is gonna be awesome dude this is gonna be perfect i'm they were talking about how oh, yeah the dorado come in in late june you know and and this is the time to be here for that and i'm thinking this is awesome i cannot wait and like a couple of weeks prior to the trip, I start noticing on Instagram the uh, posts kind of drying up a little bit, and like not as many uh, marlin coming in, hardly any dorado. I'm like, what is going on? I kind of started doing a little research about a week before we went, and I was like, I don't know, but some of these reports are contradictory to the other reports of like what fish are coming through in June and good to fish for and all this, you know. Like, it was confusing. So, and then I did more of that research when I got down there, and we struggled a little bit. And, dude, there's, you know, I could go through, I went through probably 15 or 20 different websites that talk about the best months for different types of game fish in Mm -hmm. Cabo. And, dude, I, I bet, I don't know, like, it was like every other one was a, a different report on different months for different fish. That's not good. How does it happen? Oh. I don't either. I mean, 
the only thing I could think of is like, oh, well, maybe there's just fish there year round. It's like, it's always good or whatever. But I think what it, I don't know what it is. I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the people that were blowing up the June report saying that they were good, I kind of started thinking, well, June is like the month for travel and destination, mm-hmm. you know, vacationers. And I think they're just trying to get people who are down here to go with them. Oh, the fishing's good in June. You know, mm-hmm. let's go, whatever. I don't know. But like I, I said, thought that it would have been good year I, around. I would I would I mean I think it I think it can be. Well, so, you know, uh Kaylee's uncle who you know, um, was down there at the same time and they went and caught I think five or six striped marlin the same day we went out. Mm-hmm. No, the day before. And then the day after the day after we went out on the big charter, <clears throat> um, they went and caught, they found tuna schooling and they caught like 20 from like 20 to 50 pounds, threw them all in the ice chest and then went and caught striped marlin and they caught like three striped marlin that day too. They were on a different boat than y'all though, huh? This is, this is what I think I learned a little bit about our boat. Um, so we were going to get like a 42 foot boat that, Actually, I noticed on Instagram, caught a lot of fish over the last month and a half. Mm-hmm. And I started looking, and I was like, well, there's a 32-footer or whatever for quite a bit cheaper. And so I call the outfitter, and it's a, and, or the charter or whatever, and the, the guy that I'm talking to is a Mexican guy that, like, is not giving me a whole lot, you know. But I'm trying to say, like, you know, I just want to catch fish. I don't mm-hmm. care to go on a boat ride. You know what I mean? So, like, why... Why did, why is this one so much cheaper? You know, is the captain not as good? Well, the captain of the boat we went on has been fishing for 35 years with the charter. So I'm like, that's probably not it. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, it's just, you know, people like have a preference to different boats, you know, and they want to see a nicer or a newer boat or they want to be on, you know, and I'm like, okay. Well, I was like, I just want to catch fish. I mean, you know, who's the, who's the, who should I go with? He wouldn't give me that, you know. He didn't want to show favoritism, I guess. Anyway, <clears throat> I don't want to make this too long, but... I we get on the boat and I realize real quick that this boat is the loudest boat I've ever been on. The diesel engine engines are just we couldn't even talk. We really? didn't hardly talk to Hunter and Leah all day because it was so even when loud. you're trolling. It was that loud. It was loud, dude. Really? Yeah. I mean, obviously, real loud when we're when we're getting it. Yeah. But our our trip out there was two over two hours. Oh gosh. Yeah. I in thought, Cabo, I thought you could just. I thought so too. I mean, we were in deep enough water right off the bat. Well, he's just the trying issue, to go to the right place. Yeah, I told him up front. I said, hey, you know, if we have a good day, man, we want to help you out. We want to get, we want to pay you right, you know, uh-huh. tip you right. And so I guess he was trying, but he took us 33 miles from the marina. How fast was the boat? It wasn't that fast. I mean, I there, it was wondered, windy, you know. Well, yeah, it makes a big difference, too. And I wondered if that was one of the deals, too, with the smaller boat is that you just don't have the range because it's slower. Yeah, and, you know, just an older boat. If you take a if you take a sixty footer out, you just you know eight footers. Who cares? You know. Well, I mean, and it depends on the motors and stuff too. Yeah, you oh, know, yeah. so, but like <clears throat> in the boat itself, you know, yeah, and the the design of the hull. Well, so I I started thinking about this while I was out there, and we weren't. I mean, right off the bat, when we get there, we start fishing within fifteen minutes. I'm the rod on my side, just boom, you know, and these baits are right there, like. The, they're trolling the baits like some of the baits are like ten yards off the boat. Are they trolling teasers or are they trolling? <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, well, no, they had they had hooks in almost all the baits. Uh-huh. They put some teasers out a little bit later to try something different, <clears throat> but they they all had hooks in them. Some of them were artificial. Some of them were live on artificial 
or not live, but dead. Yeah, fresh you know, dead. Fresh dead or whatever. And then <clears throat> they Bellahoo had Bellahoo or Bonita? I think they were, uh, they looked like, I don't know. They were not Bonita. Yeah. Um, they were, I don't know what they were. I guess they were Ballyhoo. I don't know. But they were. Um, They'll break the bills on those Ballyhoo when they, when they uh, sew them up or whatever. Oh. So that might be what. Well, they Why? had some fresh. I don't know if what they were. They almost looked like mullet to me. Mm-hmm. That they that were live. They got that included in the boat charge or whatever, and they had they had one hooked up, you know, mm-hmm. so that what they were going to do you is if, yeah, something you know, slash they were going to throw it out there, and they did that a couple times. But we got that hammer right there, dude, and he tosses it back there, and I had lost the coin flip. We were going to do what we were going to do is flip a coin for Hunter and Leah versus me and Kaylee and then you pick whoever you want in your family to go or whatever. Mm. So I was gonna let I was gonna go let Kaylee go first. Mm-hmm. So what that ended up meaning is when I lost the flip, I was the last dude to be on the on the fighting chair, you know. And so uh Hunter decided to go first in his family. And uh <clears throat> anyway, so we had that happen. <laughs> and then like ten minutes later, uh we get we get another one that hits and um you know the the deck. so well back back to that one though the no hookup no they couldn't get that sucker to come back up so it uh, hit a teaser no what happened or no they did uh it didn't hook it hook it up uh, just hit it I guess and then they threw I think they threw the I believe they threw the live bait back there and they got that sucker to hit it Marlin yeah. yeah and they the dude the first mate was like he was just like checking it over and over again all of a sudden it was getting heavy and he was like doing it he was trying to do the multiple hook set deal but he wasn't swinging very hard uh-huh. this dude was a big dude though yeah but like he wasn't swinging very hard and then all of a sudden like he acts like he's got him on and you see this marlin it's a big one like for a striped marlin and it comes out of the water and throws the bait on the first jump and i was like what the heck so anyway you get footage of that uh no no i was i was thinking like well you know we're either going to be on them or we're not and if we're on them I, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna have time you know because mm-hmm. they it's all kind of works as it's a slow process to, kind of yeah for big big fish like that that's why it's expensive is because there's yeah. a lot that goes into it oh yeah, yeah for sure and so anyway oh well also uh when we showed up we didn't get our 35 year tenured cap captain he was off that day so oh. we got um some dude named Bruce. Post-B. We got. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, then uh, we we get this other bite, you know, and basically hook up this marlin. And <laughs> did he? Sorry, <laughs> did he say name's Bruce? <laughs> they <laughs> shot, find yeah. a Nemo guy. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. It was a. Uh, it had a little more accent. Yeah. Um, I want to be like, is your name really Bruce? <laughs> um, but anyway, so he, uh, he we hook up and Mar- and uh, Hunter uh, fights this marlin, and it's a smaller marlin. It was like a sixty pounder, I think, probably. Maybe so it's the second bigger. fish ten minutes later. Yeah, uh-huh. and um, gets him in. We get footage of it, cool footage, you know. But like after that first experience, I'm like learning a lot uh-huh. with the GoPro in the water and all this different stuff I'm yeah. doing. And so I'm like, okay, well. Maybe I'll get more chances, you know, whatever. It's still early. We've just been fishing a little bit. Then we get another bite and don't get a hookup. Can't, the fish never comes back for the live bait or whatever. No, sorry. I don't know if two, if two fish were on at the same time or not, but I never, they never said anything about a second fish being on. Hunter thought that that fish, they came in and schooled up and 
got we had two on at the same time. And they left one in the top up there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right after Hunter releases fish, the Bruce is like, "Sir, sir, take this rod." And I'm like, "I got a forty five hundred dollar camera in my hand, you know, and I'm trying to." You know, and I'm not the next guy up anyway. You mm-hmm. know, Kaylee was the next next up. And so I was like, I pointed at Kaylee. I said, get over there. She's got a GoPro in her hand. Anyway, fish gets off before she ever even touches a rod. And so I'm like, three marlin in like 30 minutes. You know, yeah, this could like, be good. Go. This is this is Cabo, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And then we troll <laughs> for four and a half hours with no bites mm. and go home. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So then we... Uh, uh, we find out that Heath and them are on a different boat, and they had five or six or whatever they ended up with. They had five, I know for sure. And um, <clears throat> they hook us up with a panga boat um, for the next day um, that their captain knew somebody who had a couple of pangas or whatever, I guess. But I started figuring out. I was like, man, I think that the... Um, I think that there's a lot that plays into this, and I think that... It's not just the boat and the amenities and the the bar on the boat and all these different things that you pay for necessarily. It also happens, like, basically, you know, on the website, they're like, we suggest you tip 15 to 20%, you know. Well, if you think about it, the captain and the deckhand are getting that whatever cut ends up working out from 15 to 20% of a boat. If you're paying for a $600 boat, that's not a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you're paying for a $1,200 boat, it's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. So why would this captain of this boat in this whole charter fleet get more than the other captain? It's probably because he catches more fish mm-hmm. and he's better He's better at what he does, right? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I, 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 didn't, I didn't put it all together until, you know, it's one of those things you just you got to learn. It's so, like going out with a sleeping bag that's real heavy or yeah. carrying a five-gallon jug of peanut butter into the <laughs> Black Canyon. You know, like you don't know until you do it, and you're like, crap, man, yeah. I messed that up, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So you would say that if you're planning a vacation like this, put as much money as you can into the charter. Mm-hmm. I would say don't go on a, on a deep sea or a big game charter, mm-hmm. unless you can, unless you can get into the middle of the fleet or whatever, mm-hmm. or you know, you have some kind of. Uh, Are Heath and them in the same fleet? They're they just were on that one. Yeah. They don't normally do that. They normally have some different kind of hookups and stuff that yeah. they kind of have through their network, and they've been down there a lot. Is there like three or four of these? same fleets down there and that's kind of how so. combo works there's like i think this is the biggest one though yeah. i mean there's like 40 something boats in this fleet yeah. i think and they're all big pretty much um but man like i there was there i think i just would pay a little bit more especially the thing is like you think about this too we started thinking about this if you're paying um you know like our our total was like nine because we did all inclusive and everything, I think we we spent like nine hundred for like thirteen fifty or something. Was that was what we were first going to go with? Mm-hmm. And that boat was catching a lot leading up on Instagram. I was seeing, and I, I'm like, man, you could split that with another person and split it three ways, and what like they did, like Heath and them did, and we caught one out of four people mm-hmm. when we could have caught five out of six people. You're, you're, you're talking about 75% of the people on our boat didn't catch a fish mm-hmm. and one out of six didn't catch a fish mm-hmm. on that charter day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I'd rather those chances, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, well, I want to hear about your panga stuff yeah. because that's real cool. But 
I want to talk about the charter. The mean that offshore stuff a little bit because mm-hmm. I told you before I let you left that like I used to dream about this all the time. I got Sport Fishing Magazine for like ten years straight, mm-hmm. you know, and I've still have only been on one offshore trip like that. I've, mm-hmm. I've been on some of those party boats. Uh, don't do that unless you just <laughs> care, just really want to go. It's pretty cheap, you know, and yeah. you might catch a kingfish. Uh, actually, most of the time in the summer they do pretty good. Like half people catch kingfish on those boats. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Um, so tell me more about Hunter's Marlin though. Like, did y'all, I don't know. I just want to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, basically <clears throat> it was cool. Yeah. I, I, nothing like I get real excited when I shoot a deer, uh-huh. but I don't know, like catching a big fish or even just being around when a big fish is on, maybe. Like, that may top shooting a big deer for me. I just love, I love just freaking out and hooping and hollering, like, while the fish is on. And when it jumps, just be like, whoo, you know? Like, man, it was just cool. Like, and this dude was, like, coming up. And I I was looking at a lot of through the camera. um, So, that was kind of, like, sad about that. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to film, like three marlin and then watch one on the end of my rod you know mm-hmm. the whole time it's kind of like the whole, what we've talked about with having a cameraman in the tree with you yeah. it's like your you get to actually watch so the deer come yeah. in instead of look at it through the lens you know but yeah um like i saw it a couple times and dude it was just it's like this silver streak just comes out uh-huh. and it's crazy like how silver they are you know and it would just it, like one time it kind of tail walked you know i was like that is so cool but it is cool he, he fought it really you know hunter you, you and I kind of give him a hard time sometimes, but the dude is an outdoorsman. Yeah, he's sportsman for sure. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Like yeah. he fought the fish like very well, did what he's supposed to, and whooped him, whooped the fish quick, you know. Yeah, and then brought up to the boat, and the the first the first mate's like he looks at me and goes, "Sir, what do you want to do with the fish?" I'm like. This is my fish, bro. I don't know why you're asking me. Turn around and ask this dude in the chair. Yeah. Uh, but so y'all up, could keep marlin if you wanted. Yeah, to? you can keep one marlin. Um, and I told Hunter asked me what I thought. I was like, man, I don't think they're that great of a fish. But you do what you want, mm-hmm. man. You know, I was like, and at the time we'd already had a bite. We caught that fish, mm-hmm. and I'm like, if we want to keep catch one, big bull dorado down there too. Like, are they in, or like, is that a thing in Cobb? Like, you know, 40 pounders that you catch trolling, you know? Yes. I saw 40, I saw 40 pounders on Instagram yeah. leading up the last month and a half. And Dude. I know. They're the baddest they're thing. They're impressive. In, they're the baddest they thing look, out there. They look like they could headbutt anything. Dude, I saw them clean one, and they, like, clean the whole head. Yeah, dude, there's meat up there. <laughs> I know. It's it cool, wild? dude. Yeah. It's kind of creepy, too. I know. <laughs> but uh, they, there's, they're, that's a, it's a good Dorado fishery, but mm-hmm. I started looking at the, doing the research, and I was like, I don't think June is actually the time. Yeah. I don't know. It's the wildest thing. There was, uh, they were they did a report on that Instagram page, and only sixteen percent of the the boats were catching Dorado mm. in the last week. It's kind of low. Yeah. So uh, they were what about, smoking them in May. Like, other experiences on the boat? Did you see flying fish or anything? Yeah, cool we while did. Out we there? saw a bunch of flying fish. Were they red or silver? They're silver. Yeah. They were little. They, were, yeah. they looked pretty small. Did you see um, one take off? <clears throat> saw a bunch. They of fly them. so far. It's like a hummingbird. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen, dude. Yeah, and then when they hit the water, they make no ripple. Did you oh, notice that? Dude? Uh, yes, it's they the disappear. They just <laughs> yes. disappear. You're like, you think Hold on. Be, you know, did I just not see it continue <laughs> yes, flying exactly. off, or what happened? Exactly. You think it'd be bloop? <laughs> no, this, they're just not there anymore. It is it's creepy, wild. dude. Yeah, it's cool. We saw some seals. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally saw seals 33 miles out. Wow, That's couldn't cool. see it land anywhere. 
That's cool. It could, and there were seals out there. Yeah. I was blowing my mind. I saw porpoise, saw yeah. quite a few of them. Really was hoping we would stop and fish amongst them because they say the tuna follow them around. Makes sense. But we were on the way and they just kind of kept going. I was kind of, yeah. I don't know about that. Um, but um, we saw a bunch of jellyfish. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. I don't like A bunch, <laughs> dude. A yeah. bunch. And so, but yeah, I mean, the, the marlin deal was, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. I just uh, was really sad that didn't continue on, you know? Yeah. And, uh, were y'all fishing a hump or what was? I imagine there? we were. You, you know, didn't look at grass or anything? Not really. They had yeah. one little graph on that boat, which oh, is yeah. another another sign. Yeah. Like, Whenever they don't have six screens, 32 you're like, oh. foot, you know, yeah. uh, full. You know, another thing that I think people don't get when they're captains like that especially when there's a language barrier they're so used to people wanting to have a good time and wanting to catch a marlin oh i know that they don't understand hey dude if there's an amberjack here i want to catch it you know what i mean like they don't get that stuff dude that's that was that's absolutely true like the language barrier was tough like Mm -hmm. these guys can speak english decent Mm -hmm. like and i don't know if it's maybe they just know exactly what they need to know Mm -hmm. but you say the word whatever, they don't understand. Yeah. Because I, I I tried to, the second day on the panga, I told our guide several times, mm-hmm. we're up, we want to catch whatever. And I started realizing later on, I was like, this guy has no clue what I'm saying. I don't know what the Spanish translation is to that, and it's probably regional too. I would say todos, you know, yeah. it would be all, you yeah. know, that that's, but I don't know how you would for sure. Con- but that was so weird. When I went to Costa Rica in high school, they loved to talk about, like the ones who knew English, they loved to talk about our, um, our sayings or whatever you, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you, there's a fancier word for sayings. You know what it is? Um, um, uh, it's, uh, I can't remember. Um, anyways, they love to talk about that stuff. You know, like, uh, when even like the simple things like have to, I have to do this. They were like, what does that mean? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, I need to, I have to. Like, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they were just amazed by it. So. Yeah. So you can imagine the language barrier that exists that you don't realize. Yeah. He might know what the word have is, but he has no clue what you're trying to say. Yeah. And it's at no fault of his owner of his stupidity. It's just, that's the way yeah. it goes. Well, I told the, that's like when I told the guy in the morning, I said, well, we want to take care of you if we have a good day. Mm-hmm. He like looked at me for a good long second. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I had to say it again, yeah. you know, like yeah. I almost had to throw up the yeah. money man's L sign or whatever, you know, <laughs> like show, yeah. show him like, uh-huh. Hey, we want to pay you, you know, we, we, we got money yeah. to, to give you something if you want to put us on fish. But I don't think he realized like a Marlin would be cool, mm-hmm. but rather than catch three Marlin, I wanted to catch 20 tuna. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. put me on a, a school of tuna. And so there was just, that was a struggle and not to mention like you're on a loud boat and the captain is like, you know, six foot over your head and you know, you don't really see the captain all day, you mm-hmm. know, and I went up there and hung out with him right before uh, we'd left. That's what I was going to ask. Did you go up the tower? I didn't know we were going to leave that early for oh, one. Yeah. So I went up there. Did you troll was, your way in? No. Mm. Yeah. He said, if we see something on the way in, we'll stop. I was like, y'all ain't going to see nothing. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And then he flew on the way in, you know, yeah. on the way out there, he poked and didn't go as fast. But um, anyway, so... We did, you know, we, we didn't have a great day there, and we, we ended up uh, calling, I called Heath, and he was like, man, I, I bet our guy knows somebody, and they had a good time. They always, you know, mm. they always catch fish down there, <laughs> always, and that was what blew my mind, is like, and so, but I think I just kind of figured out, you know, go with a yeah. different, a little bit higher class what, uh, boat. What reels were they running? No one really cares about that except Pin, me. Pin 80s, pin 130, probably not 130s. 
That's a big reel. But they had a couple different sizes, so they probably did have like the eighty and the one thirty or something. One thirty like is the biggest. Yeah. So it was like that wide. Oh Pro- yeah, prob- probably not. Probably. Quite I bet you the boat rods were they all gold? Yeah, most of them. So Almost pro- all of them. Yeah, they were all pins. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So they probably had like so they'll take you know on a cheaper boat like that they'll run like a cheaper like you know graphite bodied reel or whatever for their umbrella rigs that don't have hooks and then they'll run like a pin 30w or a pin 50 or a pin 80 for you know the the bigger stuff yeah. so i don't know they were they were you know not the newest rods or whatever yeah. but i oh, mean no. i mean there's some dude there's some boats down there in that marina oh, yeah i mean it's like what's cool about it is like cabo is a world-class destination yeah. for sport fishing. So with that said, you have some of the richest people in the world that keep their boats in that marina mm-hmm. at least part of the year. And so mm-hmm. like, they're going to dude. Oh my god! They gosh, have huge dry docks down there too. Did you see big square buildings that are just, yeah, uh, there yeah. was, I didn't know that's what those were though. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's like a super duper forklift that puts boats. I up saw the forklift. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's freaking cool. Dude. It, yeah. It's cool, man. Um, that whole thing, I was like, it's like, with the whole time, me and Hunter and Kaylee and we're all just like, we could live down here. Oh yeah, I mean, like it's it's uh, there's an it's like it's also a safe part of that country. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, they keep it that way because they like the tourism. And that's all that keeps that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's the whole area going. You know, yeah, and absolutely. so it's it's like it's safe. Lots of English speakers down there. Yeah. Uh, lots of people that know English. They take American money. You know, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, beat that, right? put me on a boat here, you know, but we, we just need to incorporate it, dude. Just that's what I was <laughs> yeah, thinking. You know, dude. Perfect. Why not? I know. Um, I mean, it, you could, you could, and you, if you had a place, you could Airbnb it or whatever, oh, yeah, you know, that'd be cool. So, uh, I've looked at Airbnbs down there. They're not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like staying or whatever, the expense is not too bad. That's what Heath and them, they stay at a house, you know, yeah. there's, their whole situation is a little bit different than what we did, but yeah, they get a house and yeah. So, all right, day two of the panga. Yep. So we got the panga guy, which was another weird deal. You know, tell them what a panga is. It's a it's a center console smaller boat. Uh, it's kind smaller of, for the ocean. Usually twenty two, yeah, twenty four foot long. Twenty five is what yeah. ours was. Um, and yeah, they got a big old front end on them. So front end that waves. sits high. So. It's the one. It's the boats that guys put two hundred horsepower Suzukis on and run drugs from Mexico to the U.S. Yeah, we had they, a we had a one seventy five Suzuki. Yeah, they yeah. will take any wave you throw at them. They're yeah. an amazing, amazing. Boat. Yeah, they yeah. they are cool. Um, Did y'all have a painting drawn on it? No. Oh man. No. It was nice though. Yeah. Um, but there was some. There were some there that were even nicer. You know. Yeah. But it was it was nice. Um, but yeah, super comfortable, man. <clears throat> Even for four people. But the we dry weird, rod. dude. Like the dude was uh <clears throat> the dude I was talking to, you know, obviously doesn't speak the greatest English, mm-hmm. but he he spoke decent and he's like he's being real weird. I'm having to call him like all afternoon and, and he's like, Man, I don't know. He's like, uh, you know, with COVID, man, they're they're weird, you know, like he's like, I don't know if I can take four of y'all out. I need to figure it out. So talk to you know, talk to you later or whatever. And so never calls me back calling back like hey are we doing this thing or not you know he's like man how many y'all got i'm like we still got four (laughs) he's like i mean no i don't think i can do it man i'm like how many can you do he said three kayla's like i'll stay here and i was like no we're not doing that so well we're gonna have to go with somebody else i guess man um i you know we got four we got husband and wife husband wife 
and he's just like he was had these weird awkward pauses you know and yeah. like then he finally was like he paused and he goes y'all do 350 for four and i was like yeah that was been the deal for the last eight hours you know like i don't know what you're t- what the problem is here he goes okay it's like my i had to put one of y'all in the in in you know lay down in the boat on the way out of the marina or something <laughs> and i was like okay whatever dude we, we want to go so we end up uh we end up going and he met us at the dock but we fished with a different guy who spoke just barely barely any english uh-huh. and that's when i started to figure out that whatever was not a word that translates <laughs> very well because <laughs> i was like he, they were both like uh, they were both like what do you want to catch you know, want to catch roosters Cause i told him you know i saw uh, roosters biting i'd seen reports that june was when you catch tons of roosters you know mm-hmm. and he was like he's like oh yeah 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 you know kind of just playing along or whatever and i was like we well, want to catch fish okay mm-hmm. i was like we want to catch whatever and so, same deal. He asked me at the boat that morning in front of the, the guide. And he's like, what do you want to catch? I was like, man, we'll catch whatever. Told this pre-dawn? Are y'all there early, yeah, early? Yeah, That's cool. And so, I anyway, love that feeling, dude. Oh, dude. The pre-dawn, yes. like loading up the boat is such a good feeling. It doesn't matter if it's the shores of Lake Fork or the, yeah. you know, And it's cool in the marina because it's, it's it's hustling that time oh, of day. everybody's just... <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. people everywhere. There's boats energy, are going man. out. Yeah, it is. And then when you go out, the marina... Uh, like you kind of open up and the arches are right there where the Pacific literally meets the Sea of Cortez. And that's like the divider is on the arches, you know, on the arches and on the rocks right there on the point. And, um, and then like in the, like in the mouth of the, the marina are all these little tiny, like, I guess, pangas. They're little like wooden boats and stuff mm-hmm. and they're all selling bait. And so they like, everybody's just hustling. Like they're pulling up beside you asking if you need bait, you know, and like we end up buying some bait. We bought mullet, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyway, we paid for that, paid them, you know, and then take off and we're going towards the sun, you know, or whatever. And it's just, it's like just beautiful, you know? So we end up going down the coast a little bit and, fish not very far and fishing a couple different spots along the way and at one point we got into we were like on a we're like on these beaches but they've got like little rocks like rock areas or whatever and there's one little place where and it's the way waves are pretty pretty big yeah and uh the it's like it's kind of weird because basically what the guide is trying to do is get you within casting distance of this rock that has a bunch of mullet on it that are freaking out every time a rooster fish comes yeah. up. And that's cool. This is the same exact thing that goes on on the Texas coast, except it's it's Jack Crevel, which yeah. is pretty much the same fish that just look they're, different. They're I think roosters are yeah Jack a Jack fish yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, and it, so these these things are freaking out. We can't quite get there because essentially these waves are so big down there that like you could get just displaced on top of the rock like that, you know, like quick. So he's having to like keep you from letting that wave ride you up on the rock. So he's keeping you right behind where that wave's kind of breaking up there or whatever. And so we had trouble and he's got me at this point, he's got me fly fishing. He saw, we brought him on. He's like, you want to do the thing, you know? And I was like, yeah, I guess, you know? And so I asked him, did you figure out flies when you were down there or what'd you do? I had Sean at tailwaters gave me flies. Yeah. He put flies in there with that. You knew what to do. Like, He he! I said which I had three of them. I said which I, mean, I had a couple different, but I had three that I liked, and I was like, "Which one?" He said, "I like them all." He said, <laughs> "That white one's pretty good," you know. <laughs> so I like put the white one on, and I just I just couldn't quite get it there. The, uh, he wanted me up front because yeah. they the best place to catch them is out of the back, really. Um, and so he had all his, his rods back in the back with a live bait on them and stuff. Uh-huh. And so I was up on front. 
and I'm, you know, that's a wavy spot to be. The waves are rolling in. The bar up on the front is like a foot and a half, maybe 16 inches high. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like putting, it's like knee high. And I'm having to stabilize the whole time. Yeah. It whooped my tail, dude. Yeah. You don't have a leaner bar up there. In no, a panga. no. Yeah. I'm just standing up. Like I'm wrapping my foot around the thing, you know, and I'm just like trying so hard. And like, you know, half the time you're like backhand casting or yeah. whatever, you know, and I it's noticed just, that the, it was tough. When you saltwater fish, you you backhand cast almost more than you yeah. forecast. Yeah. Forecast. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like but I did that this week too. I was doing a whole bunch of this over my left shoulder stuff because you just, the wind. The wind usually. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. You cause if you I don't know. For some reason, but you could turn I'm I'm standing up to do this, but like you could turn 180 degrees and get the fish on the other side and you'd be fine. But for some reason, they're always over here. They are, dude. I don't know <laughs> I don't what know. it is. <laughs> and like, if the wind's wrong and the boat's pointed the wrong way down the shoreline, it's mm-hmm. like at times I would, might as well not even cast. Yeah. But I couldn't quite get my bait in there. They had a live bait. They were getting pretty close, but mm-hmm. they every time they fl- they flicked it a certain like hard hardness, or for the lack of a better term, like they would flick the fish off the because yeah. they were big, dude. I'm talking the baits were. 14 inches oh, on some of them. That's like, a big dog. They were, I was like, can rooster fish eat this? So anyway, we we trolled up and down the shore. We couldn't catch fish there, and he kind of gave up on it, I guess, because we couldn't quite get in where we needed to. And we just kind of went up and down these different spots and just trolled these baits out behind us. Drop any time. pins while you're down there? No, but I could I could definitely tell you where fish I think were. we can rent a Hilux and get there. Oh, well. From- <laughs> I mean, we can, we can make this happen. We need to do more research on it. Yeah on when the rooster fish are actually there. But mm-hmm. um, the anyway, so we did a bunch of trolling, and we ended up finding somewhere along the way we saw some boats that were on birds. And it, it was weird because I never saw any big groups of birds, but there was like three, there was like a pelican, a couple of little birds, and like two or three of those, uh, oh, what are those big birds that are kind of skinny? Um, Freight birds? No. I mean, maybe. Turns? No, they're big, big. Uh, Albatross. No, they're. I'm running out of. There's a there's a boat. I'm thinking of. I think that they're named after. Um, it's a frigate. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, Are you sure it's not a frigate? I mean, oh, frigate. I thought you said farrier birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a frigate bird. Yeah. yeah. So the there was two <laughs> two or three frigates were there. Yeah. And um, they were cool, man. They were cool. They were kind of diving, and there was fish around. A few people had fish on, so we go in there, and Kaylee catches like a five foot hammer and we were like oh that's cool you know whatever mm-hmm. but he cuts it off we don't get any pictures you know i mean didn't want to deal with it and so he fished a little bit longer i saw a guy like lose a fish and i think he might have seen him too and he thought this is mostly sharks i guess so he mm-hmm. left quick so we do some more this and that and he's like you want to go catch bonino uh at the uh rocks or whatever and i was like sure it's like okay and it was about time for us to leave we only had a five-hour trip so we go over there, and like I'm like, where are all these fish, you know? And uh, and anyway, we start doing the troll thing again, and we troll all the way up. We basically go to our resort, and we get basically to our resort. And we're on the Pacific side now, and so it's chopping, dude. I'm mm-hmm. talking, it's like 20, you know, over 20-mile-an-hour wind, and the waves are kicking. Kaylee's freaking out because we're like – these huge waves are coming at us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, it, it's they're big waves, dude. Like people surf down here, you know. And 
she's like thinking they're about to break on us, you know, and stuff. And really, they're breaking like seventy feet over there, right when they get to the beach. They're breaking on the yeah, beach, right you know the beach. what I mean? There's no it's bars steep. or anything. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I'm trying to tell her that, but she's like freaking out. And I'm just, we're just up there at the front now, just hanging out, just on a boat ride because we're like, eh, we're not going to catch anything, you know, from mm-hmm. this point on. It's about over. We get to where we're basically right in front of our resort. And there's this little rock area, and I could see up there. I could see the rock and some of the water doing weird stuff around it. And I see this other thing I'm thinking is rock, and all of a sudden this thing, this whole thing like ripples. And I'm like, is that a weird current around those rocks? It looks like fish, but I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know? And so we get closer, and I look back at the guy that says, is that fish? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so we pull up, and there's a huge group of mullet just st- stuffed up on the top like balled up on the top mm-hmm. and they're freaking out every once in a while you know and like you can s- you can tell something's getting after them and uh and then hunter and we had had he had, he had seen a couple of roosters fall on these fish and he was he was the guy on the rod back there because leah was up next mm-hmm. and so he was keeping an eye on everything and we never just he couldn't ever get hooked up and he was seeing them but i didn't see a rooster all day and so we're just, the waves are, it's epic, dude. The waves are just like kicking and it's like kind of like a little bit overcast for a while there. And these fish are doing this thing. And we're trying to get position on them. And I'm like, it's blowing hard, but I'm trying to get a fly in there. I'm just like wow, <laughs> whipping all over the place. I got freaking line tangled up on everything. I'm trying desperately to get a fly into the middle of that thing, you know, couldn't get it, really get it there. And the wind got bad for me. So I started kind of uh, chilling for a second. And we were kind of pulling the boat back around to try to get in these fish. And another boat was working the same group. And uh, Hunter um, had that those live baits back there. And all of a sudden, like, I, I look back and I see him. And he picks the rod up out of the holder. And he's like, I can tell, you know. And I'm like, is it a fish? He goes, yeah. And uh, he didn't have it on. But he seen he had seen something or something like that. So he's, I was like, is it a rooster? He said, yeah. So I look back there. And it's just, I'll never forget this sight. But... All of a sudden, this giant comb comes out of the water like a daggum shark going right to left and fast. Comes out of the water, combed up completely. And and it's like heading in the direction of his bait. And I'm like, this is freaking (laughs) cool. Like, I am hooked from now on at this point, you know. And all of a sudden, the rod loads up and the fish is on there. And he just puts him on there. And the fish is on. He hands the rod off to Leah. And this fish is like, zzz, just taking line, dude. And it's like, and the the we get kind of like in the in the waves, real kind of wrong and stuff. And we start heading like the one of the big waves, like kind of washes us kind of off a little bit. And so he's trying, the captain's trying to get the boat right, and he like <clears throat> he like kind of gains us some line back, and then lets her fight it a little bit. And uh, <clears throat> like pretty quickly, you've probably seen this happen. Pretty fairly quickly, we get this fish up kind of closer to the boat, right? And it kind of comes up high, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, it's a giant! It is a giant rooster fish!" And <clears throat> the fish gets kind of she works it up to the boat pretty pretty quick, and it sees the boat, and it's oh. just like to the bottom, yeah. yeah. It ta- it goes again, you know, and she ends up fighting the fish for at least thirty minutes, probably. Wow, it was epic though, like. Dude, I was like, I, I wanted this to be my fish so Did you bad. Get footage of this? Yes, I got oh, a lot good. of footage. Oh, sweet! And so, like, the fish is, the fish is like, it, we're finding this fish, and the way the guide was running the boat was not how I would have run the boat. I'm not mm. saying that he did it wrong, but um, he was, he was kind of keeping the fish uh, right close to the motor, 
and Hunter kept having to like take the rod and like put it out. She was sitting down working it in the fighting chair. Mm-hmm. He kept having to like put it Dang, around the motor. Fighting chair in a panga? Yeah, That's a little, cool. little one, you know, yeah. or whatever. And so anyway, but they were, you know, he was trying to get the fish to work back over this way, but the guy was not running the boat that way. He was kind of running it back, uh, kind of. Like, I don't know, it was weird, but like he was, I think he was like using prop wash to calm the fish down. Because when the fish would get close to the boat, that's cool. He would like with the motor and he would run all this prop wash down there where the fish couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. And the fish, I started looking at GoPro footage, and every time you do that, the fish would kind of like ease into that prop wash like it was cover. And so then she would be able to pull it in. Dang, it would like dude, relax the fish. If that's the case, that's next level. <laughs> it was it was next level. I, and I think he was doing it. This guy grew up fishing his whole life. He yeah. said. And anyway, um, long story short, we get this fish in. Oh, so you landed it? We land the fish, and he gaffs it. Oh shoot! Yeah, it, like no questions asked. Oh wow! Yeah, he he gaffs the fish and like kind of checks it because this fish is big. He's like checking to see if he can actually get it in without ripping off the gaff. And pulls it in, and we freaked out, dude. The fish was almost five foot long. That's a big one. Like That's a 60 pound rooster. It's real big. Giant. Golly. That's cool. It, it's ridiculous. This is, it, it was like the coolest thing I've ever seen, dude. This, the comb is 16 inches, probably. I mean, it is the coolest thing. Like, I'm like, now I'm like, That's I got to go back, dude. That's wild. It is. It, it was huge, dude. It's cool, man. And, you know, I got GoPro like underwater footage of it. Like, I assume 20, 25 so. pounders is what y'all would catch. 20s are average. Is yeah. the average size fish. Yeah. And we caught one rooster, and it was 60 pounds, That's probably. That's cool. I mean, it's it definitely a trip saver. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. It, I mean, we freaked out. I was laughing the whole time the fish was on because every time it fish, I just think it's so cool that they can rip line. I oh, think yeah. that's the coolest thing well, what, ever. You know? What were y'all fishing with there? Like <clears throat> rod and reel wise? A Mo- boat rod? Oh, uh, they actually had a thing. Um, you ever seen those uh, catfish um, rods that are uh, spinning reels or whatever? Like that Cabela's and Bass Pro make, you know, they kind of like a generic kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like that, but it was called the Salt Striker. And it was a it was a spinning reel, mm-hmm. which Hunter made a good point, and I thought the same thing. Um, when I, when the, when she was fighting the fish on that reel, whatever the line was, I could not see the line, and that was the same rod he said had gotten chased and bit a couple times throughout the day. Yeah, it was the only rod I think guess we caught fish on that day. The other one we didn't catch any fish on, and he thinks a lot of it had to do with the line. First of all, the color, and also there was like it was like a braid that was smaller diameter, and we think that while we were trolling, that 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 bait was getting lower in the water column uh-huh. than the other one. I don't know, but anyway, that's that's what we. It was a big big spinning reel that they that's were cool. catching them on, and uh, it was just it was just an epic fight. Like mm. it was something that you like write like a you know the old there's old fly fishermen that write different stories and different like there's different like riders that have talked about salt, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that are respected. Like that was a story that would have made an epic piece, you know, mm-hmm. just the, all the different wind and waves coming over the chair, uh, like fell one of the legs fell into a hole in the boat that was like a, you know, engineered hole or whatever. And like, she almost fell out at one point and it was, it was just like, it was epic dude. And like just kind of ominous. And those bait were just like, when it was overcast and the comb comes through the water, I get everything. I was like this, could this please have just been my (laughs) fish, you know? Yeah. And so like, I actually, T Jones never actually picked up a rod with a fish on the other end of it. The whole time we were there. But, 
But so you know, I was I was very thrilled to watch that. They happen, gaffed though. that fish. Y'all ended up taking rooster fish home. We took the rooster fish home, and like all the people at the marina were freaking out. Like they were like, "I can't believe it. that's a big fish. That's yeah. a big rooster." But like y'all have <laughs> meat to eat off a of rooster fish. I have meat in my freeze right now. Really? Hunter gave me two packs. That's he, cool. They tried to give me more, and I was like, "Ah, it's all right." I How much meat came off of this a fish? Bunch. A they bunch. put it in five gallon bags or what? They or put I mean, it. No, they sorry, they vacuum. They vacuumed. They vacuumed it and froze it for us so we could put it in an ice chest and fly it home. And we actually took uh, you know a chunk of one of the fillets to a restaurant right next to mm-hmm. at the marina there, and they cooked it seven different ways. And rooster and jackfish are not really most people don't ever like if you read any article yeah. on it it's like these aren't good you don't eat jack reveal yeah but that's the word on the street that's the same thing about rooster you see Is that it? a lot about roosters yeah remember jesse told us on the podcast a few weeks ago that rooster he's like that's a lie roosters are good you know yeah. so we took it and they cooked it seven ways for us and it was amazing which was the best <clears throat> they had this uh I forget what it was called. What was it called? Man, it's, it had a cool name. Kaylee would remember. Uh, but it's kind of like a cream, uh, like a cream sauce, like spinach um, in it. And um, they had, they did like a, it was, it's dark, dark meat. Mm-hmm. It's like darker than tuna. Oh, yeah. And like they, it looked like beef mm-hmm. or venison or something, you know? Yeah. And they cooked like a, they cooked like chicken, chicken fried, you know, it was actually, I think they had panko. Uh, crust, but it looked like almost like you know backstrap tenders or whatever mm-hmm. that you'd make, and it was amazing. I mean, it's it's like it's like eating backstrap, but it's even more tender. Yeah, you know, it's cool. It was amazing. I think that there's a whole uh, YouTube channel to be made about eating things people say you can't eat. Yeah, you know, uh, big wild boars. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, you can. That's cool though, man. Yeah. So that, that makes you want to try a uh, uh, Jack. Now, yeah, they call them jetty tuna. That's what they're called. Yeah, but people don't usually eat them. We uh, y'all come over and we'll do some cooking one day. Oh, on see what we I'd can come up to. with. Um, but did you happen good, to try good. it sashimi? No, I'm interested to see what that would be. Yeah, you know, a lot of the flavors of the stuff they cooked were pretty bold. Yeah, and I don't know if that's like a hiding it deal or if that's just kind of. Being at a restaurant, and that's what they did. Yeah. You know, the, restaurants aren't food was good. Restaurants usually aren't more is le- or less is more. Like, yeah, you know, that's not how they do stuff. So <clears throat> they, uh, dude, I mean, everything down there food wise mm-hmm. was amazing. It was just like, and it was authentically Mexican. It wasn't yeah. Tex Mex. It wasn't Americanized. Yeah, you know, Mexican food. It was mm-hmm. good stuff, dude. And yeah. Did you hear or see <clears throat> anything about squid? Humboldt squid? Um, we ate a bunch of calamari, and uh, most of the time it was strips. It wasn't yeah. like the little tentacle uh-huh. tiny squids that you see. Like, it was strips. Yeah. So, I would imagine. I read some stuff after you told me about that, and, I mean, they're definitely yeah. all over down there. But um, I think you could do a deal where, like, you go out on a day charter and then go back out at night and squid fish. I mean, the panga trip was five hours. Technically, we were supposed to be in by, like, noon or one or something mm-hmm. like that. After fighting that fish for a while, he literally gaffed it, threw it in the boat. He was kind of rushing me. I was trying to take pictures and stuff. And then he literally flew into the marina like quick as possible. I think he wanted to show it off, you know, yeah, whatever. That's cool. <laughs> but uh, it was, it was you know, that that saved the trip. Like I said, it was an 11th hour deal. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think if you – Good if, job, Leah, too, for getting I it know, done, man. Dude, she killed it. Like, Hunter was like, 
because the, the drag was ripping, you know, most of the mm-hmm. time. And Hunter was like, man, I kept thinking, like, man, do I need to crank that drag down a little bit? And he's like, I picked the, picked the rod up. Because he was thinking, like, you know, he's just kind of being a girl about it or whatever, <laughs> you know. And he, like, I picked the rod up, and it was pulling, man. Yeah. He's like, that sucker was strong. They have a big sickle tail like a Jack yep. does, the same kind of tail. Sickle tail, yeah. yeah. That's cool. I, I took a macro of it. It's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. I'm ready to see this stuff after we get off the podcast for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. We're going to post so, some of it. So. Yeah. I'm excited about that, man. That's cool, dude. Yep. I, I, uh, um, not that I haven't wanted to do that trip already, but now I'm like, okay. That's why I was go. like, I had, I didn't catch a fish down there. And I was kind of like getting to the point where I was like, man, do I, like if I go do something like this again, am I going to actually come back to Cabo to do it? Because mm-hmm. everything was great. Everything was amazing mm-hmm. except for the fishing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, am I just getting played down here? What's going on? Maybe I shouldn't come back. And then the rooster comb cut through the water, and I thought, I have to do this. <laughs> like this is the coolest thing, dude. Well, you know, it's there's a lot of stuff like this in the outdoors where um, <clears throat> the success is not – a like a low level of being sustained all the time it's like think about your iowa hunt from 2019 you know or the gila hunt like there are these tiny defining moments that really make it and i'm mm-hmm. sure that most you know fishing's like that like you think about a day of bass fishing on lake fork mm-hmm. there's like if you have a good day there's 90 seconds of that day that are like exciting with a fish on you know Mm -hmm. isn't that wild Mm -hmm. you know i mean i know there's high fives in the boat and stuff like that but like fishing especially you know like that fish like even the big reds i caught you know like they're tough so i'm not super worried about them at the same time you got to be conscious about keeping them out of water too long right you know 45 seconds or so as long as you'd want to hold your breath yeah you know yeah uh and you got to get back in the water yeah it's weird how it's that way you know but i think that um first of all it sounds freaking awesome but i think that (sighs) like if you could c- convey that you don't mind catching three pound fish because you're in a completely new environment you've never been in before, so mm-hmm. you don't care what it is, you know, I think that you could have, you know, more fish days and some mm-hmm. cool stuff. And and who knows, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, that's the, what we eat here, you know, because nobody wants to catch them and we catch them all the time mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. that would be, be kind of cool. That, that was the toughest part. I mean, I went up to talk to the captain that first day and I was like, where the tuna at, you know? And he goes, oh, nobody's catching them. I don't know. It's one of those things, too, like, I talked to him, and he was telling me June was one of the worst months. But I kind of wonder, me and Hunter were talking, it's like, if you go out and take some guys out in June and don't catch them, do you say this is a good month to catch fish? You know what I mean? Probably not. No. So, well, I don't know who to trust. I know how it's this like, goes. Hey, it. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, who do we know that's like this? <laughs> Not person, but just like, you know, genre of people. But it's like, ah, I don't know, man. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like the, oh, my brother didn't put corn in the feeder, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah I don't know if I'm going to shoot one here this year or whatever, you know. Like, you have to kind of, uh, I guess, cover your tail a little bit whenever you're boat captain. You yeah. Know, you, there's two ways to approach it. You can be super hype and, like, people be like, oh, we're going to catch them all. Or you can be like, man, I don't know if we're going to catch them today. Let's go see. And then mm-hmm. have a great day and people are surprised. You yeah. know, like – what what is what are you gonna do? Yeah, um, I don't know what, either. Did the captain? Did you figure out when you should go? Did anybody ever say, "Man, March"? The the captain, the first captain, told me it sounded like October, November, where the mm, the months. It sounds like days I'm not gonna be. There. <laughs> that's exactly. What <laughs> it's I was the like. same thing on the Texas coast too. I know, and and that's when I'm I'm like, 
where are all these fish that are in these great that are you know in great numbers in these areas and across <laughs> or across the world in October, November, where do they go in June? That's where I want to go fishing for them in June. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know where that is, but please somebody tell me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, I think a lot of those tournaments, they got big, big money tournaments there that are like million dollar tournaments and stuff. Um, Maui gyms. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're October, November tournaments. Um, so I, I tried to, Trying to say is September like is September good, you know, because he was saying I think Stripe Marlin come in in September I wish or something. Say February because that's when I know. Well, so I, I I've got an idea about that. We can talk about that later um, about where to catch some fish, fun fish in February. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, he was saying the big tuna and some of the big marlin are in uh october i don't know he he you know it's weird because like those guys that are driving those boats they don't really like he literally i don't know if he was just being difficult or lazy or what but like it's like you know anybody that runs a panga because he's trying to get the next day lined up he was like no and i just it's like i guess it's two different cultures almost like Mm -hmm. they share the same marina but like you know it's like almost like those guys don't care anything about rooster grouper uh you know, any of those, uh, uh, snapper fish or, you know, any of that kind of inshore, I guess, type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they just are caring about Marlin, Dorado, Wahoo, tuna, you know. Was there Wahoo available? Yeah. I don't, they, I saw one on the Instagram page. It's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, they get big and they're about pretty, a week ago. dude. They're Golly. cool. But I don't think they, I don't think they catch them very often. I think there's a month or two that they're pretty good there. That's, that's probably one of my top like fish I would like to catch. Yeah, it's supposed to be like top notch eating too. Yeah. So I know, and they're the fastest. They're yeah, they're like bullets. I think fifty five or something like that. Ooh. That's fast, dude. Moving that's through scary. the water. Yeah, think about that. Think about what it takes to go fifty five miles an hour on land, and then try. You it's can probably run. Dense. You can probably run eighteen or nineteen miles an hour, right? One one time I could at least imagine. <laughs> running through the water you know like you run in knee deep water and you're running five miles an hour yeah. you know yeah going through the resistance it's fast it is man it's cool this yeah. it's like you look at a tuna you're like man that thing is so sleek dude what you don't get is how sleek they are mm-hmm. because their eyes don't there's no bevel to their eye it is Isn't slick down their head their fins actually have like recessed indentions yes, to lay on their in. body yes yeah. so it's literally it is a bullet weight going through the water. Yeah. It's yeah. nuts, dude. It's yeah, cool. It, cool. The, I just think, to me, like, the fish world is as cool as it gets because there's because of so many different mm-hmm. reasons, right? I mean, the colors, the, yeah. the whole different way of breathing even than most mm-hmm. other animals, right? But, like, also just the one thing that kind of intrigues me the most maybe is that it's, like, so vicious. Like, Everything eats everything. Oh, yeah. And it's wide open. Yeah, because you think about that. We've talked about this before. Like, we go deer hunting. We're the first thing to eat meat in that chain of events. Mm -hmm. Like, whenever you go to the ocean, there is a tiny little microscopic shrimp getting eaten by a little bit bigger crustacean that then gets eaten by a mullet or whatever. And then that mullet gets eaten by a jackfish, and that jackfish gets eaten by a shark. Mm-hmm. Like that's wild, man. Yeah. It is, it's man. Nuts. It's nuts. And then that shark could go get eaten by an orca. Yeah. You know, or, or whatever. Shark. 
or a bigger shark. Ooh. You know, it's yeah. just like. And then at the same time, you have you know y'all are down there in whale country. You know, you got blues and humpbacks that are eating yeah. tons of microscopic things. Dude, it, it's nuts, man. It's it's one of the cooler things that I, I love thinking about is fish. Mm-hmm. I love fish, man. I know we talk a lot about deer on this podcast, but and you know we're jacked up about that too. Yeah, but uh, I do. I do love fishing, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, that's uh, that's the Cabo report. So, you know, not too exciting, but the rooster was definitely a saver. And uh, Hunter was juiced. Are, are they getting a re- replica made? They want to. Yeah. They act like they don't have the space. I guess, you know, I mean, I, I know like. Has he been you know, to your house yet? Technically, that's what I said. I said, <laughs> dude, go ahead, store it for you. You can come see it anytime <laughs> you want. Um, the uh, I, I guess like, you know. Most houses would have the space to actually put a five foot or fifty six or whatever inch fish on the wall, mm. but like, I guess when you you know different layouts and stuff, they may have pictures in one a spot or fish, whatever. You're going to want it with the comb up for too. sure. So like, it's there's some depth. It takes some room. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, some things are worth taking some room for. I'm telling you right now, there's a there's a good chance we could go back down there every year for the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. all of us, and not catching another rooster that big yeah i think because i'll start looking at pictures and stuff that's one of the biggest roosters of i've i've seen out of any of the baja pictures um do you remember babe winkleman's wife caught a world record class fish one time so it was like it's going to be the igfa women's world record but the guide helped her with the rod, rod. Yeah. yeah yeah and i think that fish was like uh like 90 or something like that. Mm. So you think about, like, y'all kept caught a 60-pounder? Like, that's big, big, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, and what's weird is roosters, it's like there's two classes of roosters, kind of like those dolphin, where they're like... Chicken. Uh, yeah, chicken dolphin. There's chicken yeah. roosters where it's like... <laughs> and redfish are this way, too. Um, like, there's a slot fish that you catch in the base, but then there's those bulls that I'm catching in the surf that are just almost like a giant they're different different. subspecies yeah almost but they're the same thing it's just they they kind of age out it's almost like marlin might be that way too where you have Mm. hmm. stripes that (laughs) are small that's right and then they kind of why does no one catch any you know immature blue marlin ever it's kind of weird isn't it isn't it um but (laughs) uh anyways um that's a completely different subject and y'all most y'all are like what are you talking about but (laughs) we'll uh, go into it one day one of these days but uh Anyways, it's like there's uh like the roosters you see caught in the surf or on fly, they're like the fifteen to twenty five pounders, and then there's those big ones that just look like a different critter yeah. altogether. They're like bulky. It just blows my mind that this fish lives in can live in ten to fifteen feet of water that weighs a hundred or could weigh a hundred pounds. It's crazy. It just like it's cool. Could you see the bottom whenever y'all caught that fish in spots? I don't think I don't think we could. It's hard to tell. Like I mean, you know, technically the water's a different color than it is a hundred yards out. So it's further, green on the surf I mean? and blue out deep. I mean, like literally, there's a line you could see from our resort. There's a line where like it just a hundred yards difference. Yeah, it turns into blue, you know, or whatever. Yeah, and it's like green there. It's like I guess a shelf or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they were, you know, they were, they were in, it wasn't that deep. I think it was like, I think Hunter said it was like 15. That's cool. A lot where we're at. And it's just, I don't know, it's just crazy because usually fish don't get that big and hang out that close to shore in 
the ocean, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's usually smaller fish that are that close to the shore. So it just kind of, it's a cool thing that's like accessible. It's an accessible species that could be caught that's like 50 to 100 pounds possibly, you know. That's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway. Pretty sick, man. Well, yep. I uh, am ready to see some of the footage and pictures. So I got some over there. We might let, need to let these peoples go. For and, sure. Uh, They're probably tired of hearing about fishing. This <laughs> probably. One. It's been longer enough. <laughs> Guys, this is the be. Whitetail Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Listen, this is the Outdoors Podcast. All That's right. right. Element Wild. Element Outdoors. That's it. Oh, don't say oh, that. Don't say that. <laughs> you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we thank y'all for hanging out with us. I hope you're getting out and uh, catching some fishies and maybe setting some trail cameras. Um, Eric has been sending us videos of deer eating beans. Mm. And I know that I've been seeing I'm amazed every year how fast antlers grow. Like the other day, I was like, yeah, they're kind of like getting the G2s. And now I'm seeing deer that literally have their main beams done on on Instagram. I haven't seen them in person. But, you know, it's like, y'all, you know, like it's nuts. (laughs) And they're just growing tines now. So it's like, dude, it's time to get out there on those beans and get pictures. Hopefully, Eric gets some of that done. I know, man. Yeah. I know. He's going to be down here in Texas and. What two weeks or yep. so, and then he'll we'll go to Ohio after that. So <laughs> it's gonna be wild. So we are gonna be doing a little bit more fishing. I, I did would imagine we're gonna go up do map scout challenge stuff in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, and we're gonna be getting kind of fishy on that as well. Yeah, uh, we might end up fishing for some big fish on Lake Michigan. I'm so. hoping our boy Sam gets the like hooked up and get some figured out for us. I want oh, you know how you to say the tie them up one for you that he had the other day, right? Yeah, I'm I'm wanting about. Eight of them. We keep three a day. Isn't that what you told me? And that, Is that, that right? And that the law. I thought it was two. Maybe. Either way. I'm taking Eric's, Eric's fish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Give me give me steelhead. Give me walleye. Oh, that's the thing, care. dude. You can rip a laker and that's something, you know. Yeah. I'll eat all that. Dude. Yes. Yes. 100%. 100%. It's going to uh, be fun. It's so going to be fun. Y'all enjoy your summer. I know it's hot out there. I know it's a long ways till deer, but we have, uh, we have gone over the hump. We are... Getting closer to deer season than we are. You could say we've humped. That's right. You could say that. (laughs) You could. I I don't know. Uh, Anyways, we uh, we're getting close to deer. All right, it's happening real soon. Get excited about it. Set a trail camera. Go check the pictures. But at the same time, I realize that big buck is not going to be there in the fall. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but remember to stay positive because that's what makes this stuff fun. Mm. And remember, this is your element. Live in it. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.